If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is great to be with you in uh, what will be one week Redemption Thursday edition of the show. Although I'll glance at some lines. I got some lines right here in front of me. I'm leaning heavy on Hawaii against uh, Vandy. What do you think of them apples, Tom? I'm already, I'm already leaning in, feeling good. Got an angle. Got an angle on Florida State LSU, too. That's more important. Let's touch on it. Let's get straight to the news that was last night that came down the pike. That was the the good part of the day. I should introduce us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew in the house. As always, appreciate you guys being here as well. How's everybody doing? Everybody all right? Feeling good? Come on in. Come on in. Yeah, man, I will tell you, that is, um, if you're just judging, I think, by camp Florida State's camp leading up to this game uh LSU's camp leading up to this game which may not end up mattering at all there's no doubt Florida State seems to be in a better headspace and a better uh set of circumstances heading into the game whereas we've read consistently uh about some upheaval at various times upheaval upheaval is right 
If you read uh, the Bengal Tiger on Three's site there or wherever it is you're checking in on LSU, I will say they do a good job there at the Bengal Tiger. Um, you'll, you'll see that they've had probably too many discussions about fights and bad days at camp and frustrations and, you know, injuries and guys getting sent home and, and things of that ilk. And I think there's always a temptation when you when you read that to, to get excited, maybe more excited than you were. Um, but even if you were to temper your enthusiasm or kind of maybe not fall into the schadenfreude that comes with uh, others' misfortune that you're about to play in a very short period of time in a big game to start a season. Let's just say you removed all that. There's no way to spin uh, the loss of a defensive tackle like Mason Smith, who obviously Florida State benefit, benefited from uh, having you know missed the game last year. He's a, he's a kid who was out there and we thought would be a big part of the game, and he hurt himself uh, in the first quarter, uh, basically jumping up in, in celebration for a, a tackle, uh, and and you know that was it. Tore his ACL and he was done, and. Now you find out that that same player who we thought we'd have to deal with this year, uh, this guy, an elite recruit, somebody who projected all along to be an NFL caliber defensive lineman, the kind of guy that LSU, quite frankly, over the years has done a good job of getting and bringing in and and making a huge difference in in their games in the biggest spots. Well, now you don't have to deal with him again uh, as he has been suspended uh, by the NCAA for receiving improper benefits, basically, from what I understand, autograph signing, and it was before NIL existed, so that was an improper benefit, and then because he got hurt, Tom, he didn't have to serve the suspension last year, so the suspension has to be served now, so he misses this game. This is an incredibly uh, stroke of, of, of incredibly good stroke of uh, uh, bad luck for LSU for us, if you will, if you can try to take that butchered phrasing and and see what I mean. Bad news for LSU, good news for Florida State. That's all it is. And it's not as if they don't have other good players along the defensive line. They do. Um, you know, Guillory is a stud, and and he's going to play. And Wingo's a stud, and he's going to play. But the thing is. We all know what it means, like what we did. We just got done having this kind of a conversation for a different reason. Daryl Jackson and what he would have meant to Florida State's defensive line, the impact he would have had on this game and others, is is obviously a topic of concern for all of us since he did not get his waiver granted, and we're still watching to see if anything's going to change with that and others if the NCAA changes course. But we went through the exercise of, well, what does this mean? that a talent like Daryl Jackson, if we assume he, he doesn't get the waiver granted in time to play in this game or any other for that matter, what does it mean for Florida State? Well, it didn't, it didn't mean disaster for the year, just like it won't mean disaster for LSU for the year. But it certainly sets you back because now everybody has to do more and you look on down the depth chart. If you, if you go all the way down on the guys that were going to play limited snaps, they've got to play more snaps. The guys that you were going to ask less from, now you have to ask more from. And you also are thinner. So if anything happens, a guy's tired, guy gets hurt, guy cramps up, whatever it might be, your margin for error has been decreased. We did this. We had the conversation about what it meant to lose Daryl Jackson. And today, 
LSU is having the conversation about what it means to lose Mason Smith. And they were obviously over the moon to have him back for this game, for this season, and what he could be. So I, I do think for Florida State that is huge news, but it carries a tradition now or at least a consistent theme of the offseason for LSU, which is that it's been a sort of a disjointed, choppy, frustrating camp for them leading up to this game. I'm not telling you they're going to have a bad year. I'm not telling you Florida State blows LSU out. I am telling you that it, if you're looking at the two camps, you'd prefer to have the one that LS, that FSU has had as opposed to LSU. Yeah, even though it's not year one for Brian Kelly, and that had its own challenges, this feels kind of the same in that there's a lot of qualifiers before you kick off this game. They've installed their philosophies. You know, He understands now what Jaden Daniels is all about as a quarterback. I don't think that was the case last year for that first game. They were still figuring out what they were going to be. Hell, it was a quarterback battle until that first game. So, yeah, they've got a lot of things to sort through, but it's still within their grasp to win the football game. It doesn't mean that Florida State is now going from you know, a coin flip, maybe elect them 60-40, to 80-20. I don't think it's quite there. LSU most certainly has something to say about it. It's just that in order for them to win this football game, they've got to climb over a lot of hurdles that they didn't foresee, you know, in July. And I think that the way they see a path to victory is doable, but it's going to require a very high-scoring game. And and so I think Florida State's going to score. If you look at the unsettled secondary at LSU and you look at Mike as an offensive play caller and in his career – you can trust Mike Norvell to score. I mean, for the most part, there's been a consistency within, you know, the offense. When he's had talent, they've scored. They found ways. Hey, go back a couple of years. Why did Florida State how did Florida State get to overtime against Notre Dame? Brian Kelly in Notre Dame in September of twenty one. You lose a football game to Notre Dame forty one thirty eight. Notre Dame was a top ten team coming in. On the season, Florida State had almost zero expectations. And if you're just looking at player for player, there's no excuse for Florida State to have pushed that game to overtime. And yet they did. So I would say that you can you can make an argument that Mike Norvell outcoached Brian Kelly two years ago. And we know Mike Norvell outcoached Brian Kelly last year. You know, just one more thing to think about going into this game, because I assure you, if Brian Kelly had had the lesser team the last two years facing our coach and outcoached our coach, this fan base would be pointing that out. You know, not for nothing kind of pisses me off that their guy has had the lesser players and took us to overtime two years ago and beat us last year. That's what their fans, our fans would be saying if things were reversed. So it's fair in my mind to point out to our fans, by the way, our head coach has outcoached that guy two years in a row. If it happens three years in a row, we will blow them out. If it happens for a third straight year that he outcoaches Brian Kelly to the degree he did last season and the year prior, we will blow them out, period. Well, we often ask, and we just throw it out there because it's fun to speculate. College football invites it. Football invites it. Fandom invites it. Sports talk invites it. This conversation, this the sporting conversation and debate that centers around Um, you know, the passions people have for these games, these sports, these matchups, always invite sort of extremes. And then you kind of 
vet the middle. But one thing I would say is whenever we ask the question of extreme, it is if somebody's going to blow somebody out in a game. Remember, we do this. We do it every week. Sometimes it's self-explanatory. If you're playing, you know, Southern Miss and you ask the question, if somebody blows somebody out on Saturday between these two teams, who is it? Well, you don't have to ask that. Everybody knows that if somebody's going to blow somebody out on that particular matchup, it'll be Florida State blowing out Southern Miss. We didn't have to do that for Miami either (laughs) last year. Hey, things happen. They play the games. But when you go through it and you say, okay, like, who's going to blow somebody out? I – this is a fun thing to say. If somebody's going to blow somebody out here, don't you think it's Florida State blowing out LSU? 100%. I mean, I think you would have to lean in that direction here. Now, I'm not saying they will blow out LSU. I'm just tossing up that, hey, hypothetical. If somebody's going to blow somebody out in this game, feels like it's going to be LSU blowing out LSU, and I don't think FSU is going to blow out LSU necessarily. However, I will say I wouldn't be surprised if they won comfortably. If you were to try to argue how LSU – Blows out Florida State. I can State. do that. I can find a way. Can you find a way without the turnover margin being four? Yeah, it could be two. It could be two, and then you could have a special teams blunder. You could be bad in the red zone, and Jaden Daniels could just buy time and throw to electrifying receivers, and they make plays. I mean, they got they got weapons. They're a good team. They're, they're a very good football team. It's not like they, they don't have horses. You get down a couple scores, kind of changes how predictable you are, and, you know, things happen. That's how – landslides avalanches happen i mean there, there many times when you watch two good teams play each other and it ends in a lopsided affair you don't walk away from that game saying well that team is really 30 points better than that of the team but they were that saturday because of circumstance you fumbled the ball on your 10 you threw a pick six you went for it on fourth and inches from their five and didn't get it next thing you know there's three possessions that went the wrong way and you lost by 21 that's a blowout you know it, that can happen and we see it happen, but if if the the fun in this debate or discussion is if both teams play to the best of their ability, given what we know coming into this game, what LSU has lost, the problems they have in the secondary, and then also what Florida State is offensively. Florida State offensively against anybody is a problem. I don't know too many defensive coordinators around the country who wouldn't sit upright when preparing for Florida State's offense. They're going to be thinking, I don't care who you are, Alabama, Georgia, you're going to – all right, these these guys present some problems, guys. I mean, let's say you shut everything down and you get to the quarterback. Well, if you don't get him on the ground, he's running for 20. We got an issue here, man. And they'll throw on the tape and show time and again where a play was completely blown up and that guy, the Heisman candidate that is Jordan Travis, either scored or ran for 28. And then you're going, damn it, man. Now, Jaden Daniels did that to a ton of people last year. His scrambling metrics were insane. All the advanced metrics you look at to describe what quarterbacks are on the move, he was one of the very best, if not the best, in college football last year. He's an issue. He is. So we know that. But if both these teams play their best within their schemes, I feel very good about Florida State's chances of winning this football game. I think the wrong team's favored. I'm picking Florida State to win the game. I'm saying that now. I've said it kind of intimated as much for the last couple of weeks. I feel better about it all the time. I think they got through camp pretty clean. They're they're healthy where they need to be healthy. Now, I'm going to be watching, and I will say this, I'll be watching very closely on game day for both teams, and that sounds like it's an obvious statement. Of course, we all are going to be watching very closely, but I'm talking about warm-ups, and I'm talking about before they kick it off. 
both teams, if you read their camp reports, just like if you read ours, have kind of said similar things about certain guys where they'll say, yeah, don't read into that. He's a veteran player. They're going to they're gonna take some time off. They've played a lot of football. It's going to be okay. Whenever any coach or any team goes through that process and a player that is of significance, that is to say they're a starter or they're heavily depend upon, dependent upon for what it is you want to do and, and, and maximizing each segment group. If that happens with anybody, you know, your alarm bells go off a little bit. Your antenna are up. You're going to watch. You're going to watch. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. Makes sense. I, I've talked about putting certain guys in bubble wrap. I mean, the media would get tired of my ass because I'd be constantly telling you, yep, yeah, well, the verse didn't practice today. Well, Jeff, that's 10 days in a row, coach, that he hasn't. Nope, didn't practice. We're fine with it. And people would be concerned. And I get it. That's just a natural reaction. You're like, hmm. You know, they would be they would get mad at me because I'd be like, I, I know he can play football. We're gonna be all right. <laughs> Don't ask about it anymore. Next. You know, that that's what that would be. But at the same time, I would expect that there'd be an afternoon host like this guy going, All right, fair. I'll follow the rules. Come warm ups that Sunday night, I'm watching closely to see uh who's available. I think you're gonna be happy with who's available. I don't on disagree. On this sideline. I don't disagree. But I get why everybody's kinda all right. I need to see now. <laughs> need to see you suited up, ready to roll. And it'll be fascinating. Everybody's on edge first game, especially one that has the, the level of talent that these two teams do. We're talking about a top 10 matchup. And we're talking about not just a top 10 matchup, the nation watching, prime time, but also the impact on the remainder of the season for Florida state specifically, obviously for LSU a year ago, they lost this game to Florida state. LSU is used to losing to Florida state in football, but they lost this game and they went on to win the West and play in the sec championship. So they could point out that, yeah, it worked out well. It was all right. Don't worry about it. But for Florida state, and it's a non-conference game, obviously for both teams, but for Florida state, they don't have as many opportunities on the schedule to make an impression you're not wowing over the critics or those in the on the committee uh with wins over boston college and southern miss and duke and the like syracuse and so forth when you get these opportunities obviously it behooves you to get this win but it also gives you a get out of jail free card when you play a road night game probably against clemson in which you'll be an underdog in all likelihood. We'll see. I don't know. Not, not guaranteed that they will be. But if you were to go lose that game, but you had already won the LSU game in your back pocket, you're going to be fine. You're going to be in a position where you need to be at the end of the year to play in that ACC championship game, so long as you don't stub your toes somewhere else. It gives you that get-out-of-jail-free card we've been talking about. And you'd like to play loose. You lose this game, you're probably going to find it very difficult to play loose on the road against Clemson, knowing that you may not get another opportunity with a second loss in the first four weeks of the season. So there's a lot at stake here. That's the, Everybody's a little on edge in a good way, though. This is You have climbed back to the place where you're playing games that make you nervous, that matter. The repercussions are severe. I will say, personally speaking, I don't know if you are drawing this conclusion, you like a press conference as much as the next guy. Sure. Mike Norvell and his staff are exuding confidence 
since the spring game, I feel like, the showcase post-game interview, where Mike really gave a sense that they checked the boxes this spring. They did what was necessary. You continue it through the ACC kickoff and into practice, even after scrimmage number two on Sunday, where he's talking about no major injuries, and he really liked everything about all three phases of what they did in the scrimmage. He's exuding more quiet, subtle confidence about what he sees than he has at any point in his tenure at Florida State. I'm seeing that. I don't think it's because of what I see separate. I don't think there's a bias in there. He just sounds more self-assured. I think he knows he's got the tools to work with this time. I don't know if you feel that way, but that's what I see. Mike calls the plays on game day, and if I were calling plays on game day and I had Jordan Travis, Jaheim Bell, Marquiston Douglas, Trey Benson, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, Destin Hill, an offensive backfield that has versatility. I I'd feel really excited about playing football. I I couldn't wait to get out there. A deep and talented offensive line, the best that if again now I might Norvell in this scenario, and this is the best offensive line I've I've been able to field since we've been here, and it happens to be protecting a Heisman candidate, a quarterback who's played a ton of college football and been through a lot, who won this game a year ago, and I got Trey Benson who's 220-plus pounds that run in light speed uh, in practice when we watch him. And then I've got those receivers and those tight ends. Buddy, you couldn't – You it would be hard for me to, ca- to calm me down. I would be so pumped to go play football. I mean, you know, you're not bringing a knife to a gunfight here. You, you're equally equipped. You're in good shape. You, you like your chances in this situation. <laughs> you, you really do. Um, now, as a head coach, you have to think about the totality, and you know that LSU can score. You know they have a dynamic quarterback. You know they have dynamic weapons at wide receiver. You know that they've got a good offensive line. I don't. Their their running backs are not as good as Florida State's running backs, but I I like their offense. I think they're going to have a good year. I mean, they just they have that guy. So. You are always worried about the other things that you're not necessarily in control of, but in that hypothetical, buddy, I'm telling you right now, I, I, every night I'd be sitting at the dinner table thinking of other ways that I could exploit. He's just gonna he's gonna mess with people this year. They it's, they just have too much diversity. The assets they have on offense, it, it, it there's a bound you know, a, it's bountiful. It's 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 silly and it's fun to think about. I'm glad you made me think about it going to break. Jeff Cameron Show 933 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty. Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around, find you a Zaxby's, and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to The Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. How you doing? <laughs> People were worried about James B. We're good. We're all good. Uh, so we got to get the, the big board back up, Tom. The whiteboard that we used to have. Or, or buy a new one or something. I miss looking at it in football season with Mel Kuyper's giant head on it. Mel survived. He's somewhere. You got him around there? So I want, yeah, that was, that was, uh, we got to get that so that you and I can have the the big board uh, bet of the week. Like if I, will you give me Hawaii plus 17 against Vandy? No. Well, Tom Vanderbilt beat Hawaii last year 63 to 14, lest you forget. I did. Yeah, I did forget that. Oh, I will remember it well because so I So why lost are you my... interested in the plus 17 then? I was year one for, for Coach Chang. Year one. He's got his people in now. They're doing some things. I like your thoughts on the matter then. You know what? <laughs> we, we, we agree. <laughs> well, you're not. You haven't switched. You haven't flipped the switch, man. It's time to get it on. you got to no, start I, looking into the people. FSU money line plus 120 is all I can see. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it plays out. Again, you just want every practice report possible. Uh, we, we, practices are good. Everything's going well. We're all right. Everything's, uh, I'm not worried. I'm talking about, about them. Mm. Uh, we're, yeah, things are, uh, things are getting even better for Florida state. You'll read in the practice observations today on warchant.com. Things are getting better with some of the names you might see in the practice observations. Yeah. That's, um, where we thought it was trending towards. And that is a good thing. Uh, that is a really good thing. Hey, so this story cropped up yesterday, and you know you gotta you gotta continue to monitor these things. It, it caused me to roll my eyes yet again. Feels like much ado about nothing as it pertains to Florida State and where they want to end up. But the Atlantic Coast Conference making progress towards an expansion that could could grab Stanford and California from the Pac-12. Several articles pointing that out, quote, with direct knowledge of the ACC's potential move, telling the AP yesterday. And there were internal discussions within the ACC that were not going to be made public. Those sources seem to tell whatever AP reporters were reporting on this story as 
often as they could that it was gaining momentum. Of course, two weeks ago, the ACC got so far as to gather its entire board of university leaders twice in three days to consider adding Stanford, Cal, and possibly SMU. It's funny for SMU, Tom, because SMU has got a ton of money. Now, they've been wandering in the wilderness of college football ever since they were banished there for buying cars and players and given the death penalty. At least they bought a good player in Eric Dickerson. He was a very good player. You're going to take a shot? Yeah, got to take a shot. Take he was the a, shot. Yeah, they, several players, but he was a very good player. A Hall of Fame running back, in fact. Um, but now they can't get into a school. They want to be in the Big 12, but they can't get into the Big 12 because the people in the Big 12, the schools uh, like TCU and previously Texas, have told SMU, no, you're one more mouth to feed that we don't need. We're not inviting you. Suck it. And that has frustrated them to no end because they've got money. For it's money they have. They want the peace that comes with being in a conference. It's about access. Sometimes you pay for access. That's right. Uh, So that's where they are. Uh, They never took an official vote knowing they would not have the necessary 12 of 15 votes for expansion to be approved. New revenue generated by adding members to the conference would be distributed has been a sticking point for several schools. One of them named Florida State. North Carolina, who matters to the triangle, also seemed to raise objections to the previous discussions about the distribution of money. So it wasn't just ungrateful Florida State. It was the king of the ACC and the idolatry that uh, is seen from those in the triangle towards North Carolina saying, no, we don't like it either. Despite North Carolina just defecating on the classrooms. Yes. uh, Fictional, albeit classrooms. Yes, right. Or I believe was it African American history that they just created a course out of out of nowhere. Well, yeah, it was. It, it wasn't a real course. That course does exist at most universities. Yes, it does. This one did not. Uh, yes, uh, several sections that didn't exist. It didn't but exist, if you yes. were lucky enough on ad drop to add it as a student, you show up and you don't see that there's any class. You get a free A. You get a free A. So That's because right. it's available to, to the Jimmy anybody, and the Joe, anybody, not yeah. just players, right? But please, by all means, let's worship the ground that they walk on. Clemson also objected at that time, so the issues uh, remained. Now, apparently Jim Phillips has continued to work on uh, a revenue distribution model that, again, would direct a large portion of money that ESPN would pay the conference to cover three new members to a pool that pays out performance-based bonuses. That person said the league was trying to arrange a meeting of its athletic directors for today. But there was no meeting of the full board of presidents or chancellors. None of that has been scheduled. ACC leaders earlier this year agreed to that successive initiative. But remember, from the vantage point of Florida State, they said, it ain't enough. It doesn't matter. What, it'll make us an extra $6 million when we're getting stomped by 30 to 40 per? No thanks. Schools joining a new conference, in this case, say, Stanford, or SMU, would be receiving a severely reduced share of the revenue. So rightfully, we would bend them over and say that money's going to Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, and others so that they don't leave. That's what the Big Ten is doing for some of the teams that they're adding to, sort of a, sure, you're desperate, here's, uh, we're going to give you five bucks. Or you're going to give us a lot of money. So, eh, we'll see. Uh, I just roll my eyes. It's not going to make a difference. Long term for Florida State, I don't think it's going to make a difference. 
but that story was allegedly a big deal last night. I only look at it through the prism of Florida State. Right, and that prism says, get the hell out of here yesterday. And that's not going to change. They could add more schools. Yeah, let's go get USF while we're at it. No, we're gone. Goodbye. Not unless all of them decided to give all of their share to Florida State. <laughs> Forever. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. Or until 2036. <laughs> Whichever comes first. That's right. Yeah. Give all of the money to Florida State so that Florida State averages roughly $40 million per year the way that the SEC and the Big Ten do. Maybe we'd be open to the idea of adding anybody you want. As long as all of it is coming it, to us. It, I'm sorry. It had to be more than that because I think the SEC and the big schools are going to be making more as time goes on. So we're going to need to see $80 million more per year, more than we're seeing right now. Can you do that? Because if you can, I've got an answer for you, and you're going to like it. Did you get an opportunity to uh, talk to Chris Fowler yesterday? Did you guys have lunch? We, we spoke of tennis and international soccer, and it was delightful. I just figured you'd have an opportunity to maybe pull him aside, have a delightful conversation with Chris Fowler about FSU football. I told him, my friend, you know, I've got fantastic developments for you. It's a new era of Florida State football, and nobody hates you anymore. I know that that mattered to you so much that you wanted to pull people aside during a broadcast To let him know that you were not biased against Florida State. That, that ESPN does not hate Florida State. I can't stress that enough. Guys, we're not rolling cameras right now, but I want you to know. And feel that. And I said that message resonated. It's taken some time, but your approval rating is now at an all-time high in Tallahassee. So congratulations. I've talked to Chris a couple times, though. He's a nice guy. I know he didn't always come across that way. <laughs> he is. Um, I think he's fairly level-headed. But, yeah, it was that was a sensitive time. I remember that. Everybody was, was very sensitive. Very, very sensitive. Herbie still is. Every once in a while, he'll show it on Twitter. Like, you know. You'll have to call out the little guys. I don't get that. You are so far beyond Twitter or X. Yeah, you, you probably need not be on it. You don't have to be on it. Yeah. You're on cheese it boxes. I think you've passed it. We should talk Brock Glenn. We'll do it next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this too, it is... Um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, uh, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics. Whole food source nutrients, 
Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Those of you driving around that cannot see the screen, let me get it out there for you. First of all, Marcus, appreciate your uh, contributions to the program. I'll read that in a moment. And uh, I, I just wanted to acknowledge it. But secondly, I do need to get this out there. We have not pounded the message home necessarily. Uh, it's a little bit different set of circumstances these days and the way that our time is accounted for, but tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m., if you are in town, we'd love to see you come out to the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That is 2475 Appalachie Parkway. A little happy hour on a libations Friday, right? It's a good time, and it's a start to a new season, and it's our chance to uh, once again say thank you our annual listener appreciation party from the Jeff Cameron Show and uh, War Chant Libations Friday Fest 2023 is tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. And we certainly want to thank Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. We want to thank uh, my friends here at Real Talk 93.3 and my coworkers at War Chant. And, of course, the Vernon Company, which helped us uh, produce the shirts this year. It is a limited number of shirts. Vernon Company does great work. We'll be working with them throughout the year. And we've got some promotions down the line that I'm excited to tell you about. But uh, there's only, what, 100 and... Say 120, I'd say. 115, 120. So get there on time and get you a shirt. And, of course, also our partners at the Battle's End. And the Battle's End is doing amazing things to help Florida State not just uh, on the field, but off the field. I think the thing I like most about the Battle's End is that they are comprehensive. They are helping, uh, if you want to get to the nuts and bolts of it, obviously, we look at the quality of this roster, and I think you can thank the coaching staff and you know the athletic department and all the people that are involved in what you know helps Florida State be Florida State, but you got to have a hearty thank you that goes out to the Battle's End when it comes to roster retention and then also acquisition uh, as they continue to grow in their support for what Florida State can be and their efforts to uh, to see this thing through, as they would say, to the battle's end. So uh, sign up today for the battle's end. They're doing, they're doing God's work, folks. If there's a good wide receiver out there looking for a home to play football, the battle's end, sure that they can try to help out in that situation. For Florida State. The, uh, the free domestic draft beer, as always, for 21 and up. Brought to you by the Battles Inn, and that's, that's another reason I referenced it as God's work. The Battles Inn is providing domestic drafts for free. That's correct. From, from 4 to 6. From 4 to 6. So that's your window. Don't, you know, a little 3.30 action. Not quite. That one's on you. That one's on you. 6.15, that one is also on you, but from 4 to 6. Thanks to the Battles Inn. That is a robust window. And I have one other request for the people out there. If you, you show up a little later, maybe the, the T-shirts are running low and they don't have your size because the, most of these are L's and XL's. Please don't act like somebody shot your dog. That, that's all I ask. Please. 
You can get there earlier if you want some shirts. They're good ones, though. Vernon Company does great work, and we're going to be doing more with them. So Marcus noted that he said, uh, per the Mason Smith conversation, why did Reggie Bush give up his Heisman when Johnny Manziel just bragged openly about doing the same thing and then some? Very different times. I will say that. I believe I'm going from memory. Correct me if I'm wrong. Reggie Bush won the 2005 Heisman? Might have been four. But it's the that's the era, 100%. Yeah, it's 04, 05, something like that. I, I, think, I thought it was five. But look it up. Anyhow, Reggie Bush, uh, at, at the time that the shenanigans were going on out at USC, and there were some serious shenanigans going on at USC, houses, cars, the like, everything, you know. Uh, yeah, correct. 05, Liner 04, Bush 05. Yeah, well, it was you just got your USC Heisman winners I did. mixed up, buddy. And he's, no, he's not on the, the Heisman website, so I'm going on the Heisman website, and it just skips. It's like uh, certain buildings with floor 13, just it's skips the, right past it. It's the byproduct of a forgotten time. It's. Uh, I'm glad he's suing the NCAA. I hope he gets his Heisman back. They ought to recognize it, all of those things. Now, they were cheating their ass off, and it was, uh, speaking of comprehensive, uh, as, as big a racket as you'll see in the sport. It wasn't just him. But he isn't uh, the first, nor was he the last, uh, regarding benefits <laughs> for he, his family, others. Uh, and then went on to have prolific career. Uh, so I, I, th- I guess my point would be, Marcus, at that time, the NCAA carried uh, much more weight. They were seemingly uh, an agreed-upon uh, lord of college football, and what they say went per all the universities who uh, you know subscribed to that. And, uh, you know, things have changed dramatically now. Now you would laugh at something like that. So I just pulled something up. I can't zoom in anymore. The website's weird. But for all my uh, Catholics out there who get those saint cards, mm-hmm. like, you know, patron saints, look at these photos. Look, look at Troy Smith. That looks like a card, like the Feast of St. Troy. <laughs> With the glowing <laughs> With around the glowing the, in the, the background. Glow, yeah, it the looks glow. biblical. Absolutely. Yeah. They didn't do it for Matt Leinart. They're like, here's Satan. There you go. Uh, so there's Matt Leinart, 04. Then, yeah, they skip Reggie Bush in 05. And then Troy Smith, the forgotten Heisman Trophy winner. Like, if you walked into anywhere other than a bar in Columbus and said, anybody remember Troy Smith? No, not at all. Don't remember him in the slightest. Especially if you say, okay, let's go Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Troy Smith, Tim Tebow, Mark Ingram, like you just start naming all the guys, and you're like, Troy Smith, are you sure that's a person? Did you make that up? Like if he walked up to you and said, hi, I'm Troy Smith. I won the Heisman Trophy at Ohio State. Oh, uh, shut up. No, you didn't. Uh, he would just say, hi, I'm Troy Smith. Like, you know, it's something. And I go, well, I'm Tom Lang. It's nice to meet you, yeah. Troy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? State your business. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Jason White, same thing. There are a lot of guys, uh, well, hell, we can do the Heisman thing where you go back through over the years, you're like, really, Ken Dorsey? I mean, are we? what are we doing out here? There have been plenty of guys. Come on now. But that's why I've always laughed at the award. I've only wanted Florida State to win it, have a player win it, because of the financial benefits it gives the athletic department and the – High profile, it puts your program in yet again. 
for a, a stretch. Yeah, Gino Toretta. There you go. Correct. Gino Toretta. Gino, to his credit, laughs about it. Gino's funny. Gino Toretta's a good guy. I worked with him some at SiriusXM. He's a good guy. And he laughs that he, you know, he'll be like, well, I was surrounded by the greatest players ever put together. I just had to get out of the way. I mean, I could just go, here you go, and they'd run for 90 yards, and I'd get credit, one for one for 90. <laughs> well, yes, yes, you could. Uh, but you did your job. You did your job. And you're humble enough to realize that you were a great benefactor. And, son, because you did your job, small as it was, so well, we'd like to give you the best player in college football <laughs> award. Here you go. Oh, man. Now, there, there are certainly years where you're like, yep, that works. Seems like he was. That guy was pretty incredible. I just, it's hard in the sport of football. It's why when we get this, the debates about NFL and the all-time greats, it's hard to compare, compare eras, and it's also hard to compare and say that somebody, an individual. Because you'll hear a lot of people say things like, well, I think Jerry Rice might have been the greatest player of all time. Well, I mean, maybe. Uh, he was on a loaded team with Joe Montana throwing him the ball, and they were superstars everywhere. An offense that nobody had seen. Yeah, Bill Walsh is, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on there. But you can do that with a lot of guys. I always tend to look at guys like Barry Sanders a little bit more because you're on, you're doing prolific things on a horrible team in the ultimate team game. You are overcoming an awful lot to show your greatness, whereas guys that are prolific on prolific teams – and, uh, you know, at that time, by the way, going way back, the, the non-salary cap teams, those Dallas Cowboy teams of the early 90s that won three titles in four years had the greatest offensive line of all time. Now, the thing that sucks is if you're Emmitt Smith, you get that thrown in your face all the time. You're like, well, yeah, great. You were the all-time leading rusher, but you you played with the greatest collection of athletes of all time on, up front. But he was truly great. He was. It's just you can't put him in the conversation as the greatest because he had massive benefits. Yeah, I hope we do that about Florida State athletes after this season and we say, well, where do you rank Jordan Travis' season? Well, I mean, come on, he had all the weapons at his disposal. You know, there have been eras of college football in Florida State's history where maybe you had half the skilled players, but the quarterback did this. Or Trey Benson. You could say, well, Trey ran for 1,600 yards. Sure, but, you know, when you've got Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson on either side of you, you're probably running into a situation that's much more favorable than Dalvin Cook did in 2014 and 2015. Well, and Dalvin Cook, I think in retrospect, in 2014 20, and 2015, Dalvin Cook oh, yeah. was, I mean, my God. He was a one-man show and yes, single-handedly brought you into a position to beat Clemson. He would have his jersey grazed routinely two yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he just made the guy miss. Gain of six, second and four. You never think of those plays. You always think of the touchdowns. But how many times did you see somebody that basically had no offensive lineman across from him? Dalvin made that guy miss, and you're and just, in yeah, second and manager. Remarkable. You know what I think is an interesting talking point that speaks to the uptick in real talent at Florida State and the depth of that talent? I think there's a very distinct possibility, and it's not crazy to say in any way, shape, or form, that Keon Coleman is the best receiver on Florida State's roster. I, I, I think there's a good chance he ends up this season as the best receiver on Florida State's roster and is the most productive. Um, I think I think if you look at him as a pro prospect, everything down the line, Keon Coleman, I think, has a chance to just be a star. And that's not a knock on anybody else. People will perceive it as such. 
but I think he's going to catch the ball more consistently, first of all. He also is just pure when you watch him day-to-day in practice. Keon Coleman's a freak. He is. He's coming here to get paid uh, in the NFL. He's going to have a huge season. You've got two guys here that are starting that are going to get into their second contracts in the NFL. You know, as long as they stay healthy. you got two starters who are going to do that. Who's going to produce more this year? It depends on how the defensive coordinators want to play you. I think that that's a large part of it. Johnny has the size to handle extra eyeballs and extra sets of bodies at him. And Keon has the smooth. Oh, He's Keon, just so smooth. Keon is a more refined receiver. He is refined, and he fights through contact better. But they both fight through contact very well. And I will say that Ron Dugan's assessment of Johnny Wilson last week said that he's a better route runner. I agree. He is much better in his route running for underneath stuff this camp. It is oh, you out. mean than he was a year ago. I yes. thought you meant it by way of Not relative. to Keon no. Coleman. I was no. going to say, well, I'm just saying, Johnny's gotten better in short. He it, has. He has. Well, he should. He's working hard. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of him for that. Uh, I mentioned as we went to break, and then I didn't bring it back up, and I, I want to make sure I do this. Um, and you can go over to War Chant and – Brock Glenn, you'll see his video, and Corey wrote an article about Brock Glenn yesterday, and I just, Tom and I, I think it's abundantly clear if you listen to this show, we are really high on Brock Glenn, and I, I think Brock Glenn is your 2024 starter. Uh, I think Brock Glenn will start over in Ireland. So I'll just say that, whatever today's date is, the 24th, yeah, I, I, I think Brock Glenn is going to be the guy. I really like him a lot, and I think his growth in such a short period of time, suggests that sky's the limit for that kid. Uh, I'm not telling you he's Charlie Ward. I'm not telling you he's Jameis Winston. I'm not saying he's a superhero Heisman winner to be first-round draft pick. I'm telling you he's going to be a really good college quarterback, a really good college quarterback, I do believe. I, I I just don't see at this point how he wouldn't be. Agreed. He catches on to things too quickly. But he's not the two this year. Not yet. No, he's not. And you wouldn't want to put him in that position. You're in... An enviable spot where you don't have to make him that this year. But I, you know, I I think he'll get there pretty quickly. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with it.